Welcome to CF Digital, the show that asks the tough questions about child custody, co-parenting, and child attachment. Parent and family court practitioners from around the world and across many disciplines will find these programs valuable. Dr. Mark Roseman, founder of CF Digital and publisher of Contemporary Family Magazine states, as with our magazine Contemporary Family, CF Digital focuses on the global issues of child custody, child development, and family policy. Our global guests and panelists are the pioneers, practitioners, and researchers who will share their many unique perspectives on the issues of interventions, treatment, and law. Whether you are a therapist, attorney, legislator, or parent, you will find a fountain of information to help with your chosen discipline here at CF Digital. Please share and write us your thoughts on the program. Today we have a few folks uh, with us today. Uh, we have Professor Burnett from Nashville. We have Borgia Barnanova from uh, Dubai. We have uh, Philip Marcus, retired judge of the Jerusalem and Israel family courts. Uh, we have with us Mr. Mufgad Gahib. Uh, yes. And we're gonna be talking about a change in family law in the UAE, in the Emirates. So let's start off, uh, Mr. Borgia, let's start with you. You actually experienced the difference between Sharia law, which is the Muslim uh, religious law that dictates family courts in child custody, but you're not a Muslim. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Would you kind of walk us through briefly as to what happened once you entered into the family court system in Dubai? Okay, thank you for, for giving me access to explain this. Uh, first of all, I am a Spanish national uh, living in Dubai since 2004, where I work and I'm married. A South African woman, the South African woman uh, like me, we both are Christians, so we married into a civil ceremony in the embassy of Spain in Abu Dhabi. So in principle, our marriage was civil. We had two children together. And she applied for a divorce, she requires a divorce, and the competing court is the court of Dubai because we were having our residence in the last year here. And there was another possibility for us to, to request a divorce and to resolve our differences. Because of that, I came to know what is a, a Dubai course and what is a Sharia court and what is the intention of Dubai courts in order to provide, a, let's say, a justice system for all the people living here. We need to understand Dubai is having almost 200 nationalities. It's a, it's a very cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan place, sorry. And at the end, the, the, the core system is one core system for everyone. And this core system is, is having a, a procedure that is based on confrontation and not based on collaboration. So for me, it was quite complex to, to, first of all, to understand what was happening, and second, to understand how I could go through it. Okay. so. Basically, so we understand this correctly, is you are a non-Muslim who was going to family court and you were being basically told you had to abide by the Sharia law, even though yes. you, you were not Muslim. Correct. Yes. The thing is, this is tricky in the sense my, my ex-wife, my partner, she was advised by, by attorneys in the city, let's say the most advantage, the biggest advantage for her to to claim uh, alimony or to claim uh, um, uh, the effects of the divorce, the maximum output for her was to use 
the same concepts that are being used in Sharia. Because this is friendly for the judges, because it's what they know, that is the standard practice. So uh, it was easy to process the application and it was easy to put me in trouble. Yes. Okay. Uh, Ms. Garib, explain to us how is child custody based on under Sharia law? Okay. Sir, before I answer your question, let me just give you a small idea about our law, which has been issued 2005. Before 2005, it was really, it was Sharia law, and we were handling all the cases according to Sharia law. Sharia law, that means if you will go back to the Holy Book or to the, which the Prophet said, or which the, we call Imam or priest and Christian, which they said, but 2005, the law has been issued, which is this law, is personal status law. So there is no Sharia anymore from 2005. And even in UAE, they removed the court name. The court's name was Sharia court. So they removed that and they put um, personal status law or personal status court based on the law which has been issued 2005. According to this law, which we have now, is personal status law number three, number 28 for 2005, I can say that Mr. Borja, Borja or I'm sorry, Mr. Borja's case was 2016. So it was based on this law. And according to article number one in this law, you have right as long as you are non-Emirati, it doesn't matter what's your religion, as long as you are non-Emirati, both of you, I mean the couples, the husband and wife, you can choose your law or you can ask the judge to follow your law. But you have to bring your law and translate it to Arabic and get a letter from your embassy or uh, consulate saying that this is the law which we are following back there in our country. For example, in our case here in Spain. And that which we did actually. Mr. Borja brought his law with that letter, with all the legalizing or stamping, and they followed it in the court here in Dubai. And if we will go one step back, what Mr. Phillips said before we start, that case was 2016. That was before the law which has been issued in Abu Dhabi. Because this law, which has been issued 2021, in Abu Dhabi, it's law number 14. It's for non-Muslims, but it's only local law in Abu Dhabi, who's living in Abu Dhabi. But that one, the law which I mentioned before, which has been issued 2005, it's federal law for whole UAE and for all people who's living in UAE, Muslim or non-Muslim, local or non-local, Emirati or non-Emirati, for all of them. So. Let us go back to your question. How or the custody according to UAE law? According to this law, to personal status law in UAE, the custody usually it's for the mother. It's solid custody or sole custody. It's not, uh, what do they call it? It's not 
shared custody, with sole custody for the mother. But there is difference between male and female, the children themselves, between male and female. So if the child was made, he will stay with his mother till he will reach till 11, and the father doesn't have right to ask for the custody before he reached to 11. And for female till 13. And when they will reach to this two ages, 13 years old for a daughter, for example, or female, and 11 years old for a son or male, the father has right to ask, not to take, just to ask, and the court will uh, decide, the court, the judge, I mean, he will decide based on the best interest for the child after 11 years old for male and 13 years old for female, the judge will decide if they will stay with the mother or they should go to the father. This is in general. Okay. Yes, sir. So now with this new law that's been around, is it more equal for the parents to have custody of their children? Yes, yes, of course. But that, as I mentioned, it will be in only on Abu Dhabi, not in whole UAE, only in Abu Dhabi. So, but we are working. We are working on that. When <laughs> that was our, my next question: Is it? Is are there plans yeah. to expand this law throughout the UAE? Yes, we are working on that. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's go back to Mr. Borgia. Mr. Borgia, before we started the interview, you were talking to us about difficulties you were having with the Spanish law being brought over to uh, your case in the UAE. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Yes. Um, uh, as, as explained before, I am a Spanish civil person, Christian, and the, the law of Spain is based on the civil law, and the civil law is based in the constitution, and the constitution is persuading or is trying to align male and female, so it means not to have any disequilibrium in the society, so there is no, no differences, no segregations between religions or segregations between ages or sex. So, so for me, it was a big cultural class to enter into a court system that the constitution here, for example, is Muslim, so the civil law here, the federal law is also based on a Muslim concept. So everything changed. So I can see a segregation of, of relationships here or segregation of responsibilities, which in our case do not happen. So we are both uh, responsible of uh, bringing the children from the financial point of view or from the educational point of view. So share parenting for us is the standard, where here share parenting do not exist after the divorce. So after the divorce, there is a the family split and the effects is sole custody. So is the sole custody for me was something very difficult to accept because together with the sole custody supposed to come a total insulation of the children from me because in my particular case, they were so small, no judge could believe I could be a better sole custodian than the mother. So then I start to experience at home uh, parental alienation tactics in order to attract the, the, the children, uh, uh, let's say, interest or to attract the children, uh, uh, let's say, uh, emotions, was very tough for me. Still, my son today is, is now more than eight years old, still shows some kind of distress time to time in connection with what he experienced. My daughter, no, because my daughter was very small. So for me, it was terrifying me 
not to be having the opportunity to be in touch with my, my own children. I was also shocked that with the sole custody, there was no clear understanding of visitation rights. So then I start to discuss with Mukhtar, dear Mukhtar, uh, um, I do not trust this system. I do not trust uh, the visitation system here because it was very random, very minimal. Back then in 2016, there was a maximum of three hours on a Friday, time to time. And in order for having some privacy with your own descendants, you need to build the, the, the trust of the, let's say, social uh, system. Um, maybe you could be allowed to take your children to the street maybe after a few months. So I saw really cases of children severely alienated, very, very alienated that they didn't want to see anymore uh, the, the parent that was not in charge of the custody. So I say, sorry, I, I need to work or in joint custody. And also I need to explain to these people that the joint custody is, is not an option, it's necessary because here, uh, let's say a mixed family, two nationalities, the probability of the children to lose completely the contact with the culture, with the nation, with the, my side of the family, which is uh, important side of the family also, like the other side, uh, was a big battle for that. So, Mr. Garib, let me ask you this, because Mr. Borger brought up parental alienation. How does the courts in the UAE deal with parental alienation under this new law? The new law, which has been issued in Abu Dhabi? Yes. No, the, the one that's been issued in 2005. Yeah, the federal law. Yes. Which has been issued 2005. Right? Correct. Yeah. Based on that law, the, the federal law, which has been issued 2005 for personal status law, automatically, of course, by, I mean, the court or the judge will follow UAE law because that law is for Muslim and non-Muslim and for whoever coming to UAE court or any court in UAE, they will automatically go for that court, for that law. As long as anyone or the time when any one of these two couples ask for his law to be followed, the, the judge has to follow the new law. But of course, the, the, the person who asked um, for his law to be followed, he has to bring his law with all the attestation and translation to Arabic, at least the part which he's going to use it. For example, for divorce or the custody or alimony, the part which he wants to use that. And it doesn't matter if they are Muslim or non-Muslim, because sometimes we are using Hindu law from India, Hindu law, some people, they are bringing their law, and we were following until now we are following and by the way in dubai court for example we have chambers of course and one chamber is only for non-muslim whoever jewish christian hindu buddhist whoever non-religion non i think they call it atheist all of them they can bring their law to be followed and if one of these two couples brought his law the other one cannot object on it so that law has been, uh, uh, the judge has to follow that law. And there is one point only I have to mention here. This law, I mean, the, the, the personal status law for UAE, based on this law, if the, the, the any one of the parties who, who brought his law, the other party cannot 
support objection. And if they were, this is the point which I want to make it clear, if they were different nationalities, like Mr. Borha and his ex-wife, she was from South Africa and he was from Spain. Before 2020, if they were non-Emirati and they are from different nationalities, they were accepting the husband law. So that was a Spanish law. From 2020, the law has been changed in article number one, and they said it will be marital law. So the place when they married, for example, Mr. Borja and, uh, and his ex, ex-wife, if they married, for example, in France, they can use French law or UAE law, of course, okay. not his law or her law. It has been changed now because some women, they were saying, why you have to use or allow to, for the husband to use their law mm -hmm. and you are not allowing us to use our law if we have different nationalities. Of course, if they were from same nationality, same country, it wasn't a problem, but the problem was if they are from different nationalities. So in Borja's case, we used Spanish law because he was the husband. But now that has been changed. And from 2020, the marital law should be followed. Okay. Yes, sir. Go back to Mr. Borja. Mr. Borja, now that your case is resolved, uh, do you feel that what has happened with all these changes to the law is now fair for parents? in the situation? Obviously, in, in my view, it is more fair than it was presented to me. So in, in, in my particular case, and Mr. Mukhtar was saying, in my particular case, we present the Spanish law because it was <clears throat> the law of the marriage, not because it was the law of the husband. So we never tried to get advantage of these opportunities that was uh, available in the federal law. And also we present the law of South Africa to demonstrate in the court that we are talking about children best interest, not about parents' interest, mother or father interest. So we were always very precise from the beginning to, to, to substantiate the whole case with the high-level professionals in, in psychology and psychiatry, and also from the legal aspects. So we had a, a, a big team in Spain, we had a big team in South Africa, and obviously the team in UAE, very large team in UAE, led by, by Mr. Mukhtar al -Gharib. Uh, Right now, we are blessed to obtain an unprecedented joint custody in Dubai. That is today the only opportunity for others to, to try to bring the, the shared parenting into the table and try to avoid the sole custody and the isolation of children and the lack of visitation that at the end, all of these effects are, are detaching completely minors from adults. Uh, for us, it still is a big concern that the visitation centers and the social systems are underdeveloped. So we would like uh, also to bring to the, to the table the need not only to declare a joint custody, it's also to provide more means for the joint custody to be uh, effective. You know, in our case, we present a parental plan that was dismissed. We are still having in the middle traveling bans, so the children are being controlled by the court system. They cannot travel without uh, the judge authorization. So we have still some travels that we hope in the future are getting shortened little by little. However, for us, our main, 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 main bless is that all of this, uh, this unprecedented uh, legal doctrine reached the authorities, the local authorities, and they took this very positively. 
they saw that Dubai is a place that needs to be the sample uh, in the Arab world and together with the Arab world in the Muslim world and together with the Muslim world to be, let's say, one of the samples globally of integration of cultures of uh, multicultural relationships. Okay. Now, let, let's get on that subject there is you all, and when I say you all, I mean Mr. Borja, Mr. Garib, and, and Judge Marcus, Phillips here. you guys had a meeting a few days ago to discuss how to expand for the entire UAE and the Muslim laws and stuff to get more shared parenting as a as a standard throughout the country. Uh, Judge Phillips, uh, would you like to speak on this meeting that took place? What do you feel needs to happen for shared parenting to become the norm throughout the Muslim world in the UAE? Okay, so uh, there are three uh, main points which arise. The first is that uh, this was a meeting between a Christian and a Muslim and a Jew in Dubai uh, dealing with matters of common interest. Uh, that would have been unimaginable before the Abraham Accords, uh, which only came out uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, and it was uh, an amazing opportunity to uh, meet uh, Borja, of course, who I've been in correspondence with in the context of the Parental Alienation Study Group, but also with uh, advocate uh, Mukhtar Gharib, um, and to discuss the way systems work. So that's the first point. The second point is that uh, I come from Israel, where uh, when Israel was founded, uh, there was already a, a substantial Muslim population alongside the Jewish population. Uh, and uh, since the time of the Turks, uh, just to remind you, the British took over the area, uh, which is now Israel, from the Turks in 1917. And then British law applied until 1948. But each religious group had its own courts going back to the Turkish times. And uh, so the Sharia courts, uh, which are staffed, of course, by Muslim qadis, Muslim judges, uh, remain in existence. And the Jewish uh, rabbinical courts remain in existence. Uh, and there are also civil courts, uh, uh, which are staffed by uh, general judges. And there is a rather complicated interrelationship. What I can say is, however, that uh, in Israel, uh, already in 1951, uh, three years after the state was founded, a law was passed equalizing the rights of women with the rights of men. Uh, and the principle is that fathers and mothers are, from the birth of the child, uh, automatically the joint guardians of the child. And that means that they have to make all decisions regarding the child together. Uh, and if they fail to agree, then the court will decide. Uh, that, that law was repeated in, in another law in 1962. And the Sharia courts in Israel have accepted that as being the local law. Um, the strict Sharia law, as uh, Advocate Mukhtar Gharib said, uh, makes a distinction between custody, which is the physical uh, possession looking after the child, uh, and the other responsibilities. So, so that uh, for young children, uh, they stay with the mother, but uh, even daughters go to the father, usually to a female relative of the father, when they reach a, a particular age, uh, because Israel has a different uh, um, school of Islamic thought. Uh, the ages are uh, in, in seven and nine. Uh, girls go to the father at the age of nine and the boys at the age of seven, and there are variations there. But in Israel, 
that problem was was uh, resolved. Uh, and the principle is joint guardianship of both biological parents from birth uh, and until the age of majority. Now, uh, I have been studying legal systems around the world over the last few years uh, in the specific areas of parental alienation, but also uh, trying to um, uh, bring about a situation where the underlying principle is responsibilities of both parents to the child, um, and the word custody really becomes superfluous. The parents have to provide a place for the child to have a roof over his head. The child will stay with the father some of the time and mother some of the time. And you don't need a right. You don't need to call that custody. But so far as the developments in, in the Emirates are concerned, uh, at the very least, uh, there is a recognition uh, in, the, in the Abu Dhabi law and also in the federal law that both parents are responsible for their children and both parents have to be involved in the upbringing of the child for the child's best interest. That is a great move ahead and it is to be applauded. What I found, however, by discussing things with Borja and with advocate Mukhtar Harib is that the, the word joint custody or shared custody has to be completed. You have to fill in the details. And what that means is that it's not enough for the, the, the parents to agree there'll be shared custody or for the court to say there'll be shared custody. You have to give detail of what that means, how much time the child will spend with each parent, how decisions are made about the child's education, how decisions are made uh, about health issues, how decisions are made, and this is something which is still uh, a matter which Borja is dealing with, um, how you deal with leaving the country and returning to the country. Those are all matters which need to be filled in. Uh, and the courts have to be encouraged to require that the parents at least discuss how they're going to organize all these issues. Uh, the courts should offer them mediation services uh, in order to help them reach agreement. But if they fail to do so, then the court needs to have a standard uh, a norm uh, against which it can uh, decide uh, how exactly the, the nuts and bolts, how the shared, uh, the shared parenting is going to work. And that's where I see uh, room for improvement. Uh, that's where I see there need to be consultations as to how to frame uh, the law, both in the sense of the default, that is, if the parents fail or un, are unable to agree on these issues, uh, but also uh, to encourage the parents to reach an agreement on all these issues and then present the agreement uh, for the approval of the court if that is necessary. One final point is that uh, I regard what's been going on in the Emirates as a tremendous uh, advance um, in the sense that it takes account not only of the father and the mother, but of the needs of the child and recognizes that a child needs a mother and a father uh, in order for that child to develop in a healthy way. Uh, that, that was not the case uh, beforehand. Uh, and it's something that uh, I, I really hope that other uh, countries which have the Sharia uh, law and other countries which have other systems law will recognize what I think is now accepted all over the world, uh, and Professor Burnett will uh, confirm this. 
that the, the understanding that children need both uh, the, the father and the mother, uh, and they have to share the responsibilities, each according to ability and availability uh, for the uh, proper upbringing of the child. So there's been great progress, but there's a lot still to be done in, in the Emirates, um, uh, and uh, it's a privilege to be involved in that. So one of the things I'm, I'm glad you brought it up is the fact that there are, it, it's, a, it's, it's an issue that crosses religious lines and, and national lines. People are starting to focus more on the children's needs than the parents' desires, basically. Um, it, it's something that a lot of European countries are, are paying more attention to now. The United States, for it's, it's got 22 shared parenting bills up in its individual states. Uh, South Carolina has the largest co-signed shared parenting bill to date with 62 co-signers of their House of Representatives. So it is an issue that is becoming more thing and for the Muslim laws to have, to realize this and advance so far in uh, changing their dictation and the doctrines, it does show an advancement in this movement for shared parents. Uh, there's no doubt that that is correct. Uh, this is a thing that takes time. It, it can take a very long time uh, for the ideas to penetrate, particularly in countries where uh, people talk about their rights and uh, they forget about responsibilities. Um, but uh, there's no doubt that uh, a worldwide uh, campaign is going on uh, and uh, I'm delighted that uh, at least one uh, Muslim country is not lagging behind the rest of the world, but is uh, trying to get the best practices uh, for their children. Professor Burnett, ha having heard all this, what's your take on, on the situation and the advancements that are being shown and done for shared parenting? So in this program today, we've been hearing this wonderful story of how a dad, Borja Branyanova, worked really hard and struggled to have a relationship with his children. And over really, really difficult uh, issues, he eventually was successful. So I, I think there are two big uh, take-home messages from this program. The first one is the international scope, in other words, this program highlights the international scope of issues like joint custody, uh, shared parenting, and parental alienation, and that these issues transcend cultures and religions and countries, and they're they, they really so important uh, all over the world. And, and the solution is going to take collaboration between different cultures and different countries and, and different methods of ensuring that of children have access to both the mom and the dad. So that's the first take home. And the second one I think is a tribute to the energy and the enthusiasm of how one parent um, can work and can make a change. And that, that, that certainly has been accomplished here. And I, I think that uh, Borgia should be congratulated for, for making that happen. Yes, um, that is a, because um, Mr. Borgia, probably had you not taken this mantle up the changes probably wouldn't have happened is that fair to say 
Uh, sorry, say again because I didn't understand the way you to rephrase this, please. For me. Had you not pushed the issue, these changes probably wouldn't have started to happen in the in, in your area. Is that fair? Uh, I, I believe if we don't take this case on board and there was a, a clear alignment between a multidisciplinary team in order to promote a change without contradicting the local law, without offending the local court system and authorities, uh, trying to bring on board global, let's say global messages like United Nations messages on the, on the rights, on the human rights, on the child, co-parenting, parental alienation, also trying to bring on board what is the best interest of the children and also to try to express that we need to move forward as a civilization. So we cannot uh, still be grabbing on, on things that happened 500 or 1,000 years ago. So I love to hear uh, how, how Philip Marcus was giving us a couple of hints on, on how Israel moved forward in, in, in giving the same responsibilities in guardianship to, to parents. Uh, in, in Spain, it's also the same case, but for example, in UAE, it's not to meet Mukhtar and to have Mukhtar on board from the beginning, uh, or somehow uh, pushing against his own uh, system, you know, fighting inside his home. Uh, it was a, a, a brilliant moment of our relationships, and, and obviously uh, to, to, to take all of you in, in, in our heart. So it means uh, all, this is the victory of all of us, because we brought to Dubai, we got the opportunity in Dubai to bring all our intentions, good intentions to our children, to a place very remote in the world that might open many doors in the future. So we have to remember uh, that the Muslim world, the Arab world, is a massive amount of our global civilization. They represent four, five, six languages in the world. They are they're having a population of the level of 500 million, so it is not negligible. <laughs> if we add to this the importance that Dubai is the core of, of the, a place called Menasa, which is Middle East, North Africa, Southeast Asia, uh, we have India next to us, we have uh, Indonesia next to us, we have Malaysia next to us, are nations with massive amount of uh, Muslim populations. If of the real Muslim world start to understand that it's more important for the child, both parents, I think we are going to educate children in a best way. The children will be having better understanding of the life and the upbringing, and also we will have in the future probably a better world. Okay. Mr. Garib, let me ask you this in closing. Uh, do you feel that the UAE is going to be moving forward to bring more benefits to children with such issues as shared parenting, that there are more changes going to happen to benefit the, the children dealing with this sort of issue? I believe we have to move forward. We have to. We have above 200 nationalities above 200 nationalities. So we can't go back on that law, which has been issued, not which I mentioned that personal status law, no, the Sharia law, which has been issued before 1,400 years. And it was only for Muslims. Now we have above 200 nationalities. We have different languages. We have different religions in, in UAE. So, we have to go forward we have to change and by the way they are doing a lot of changes here in uae and a lot of laws it's not only family law they are changing laws here they are trying to to go forward because we have to actually because of the situation here in uae and there are some 
examples, if I can mention here, it's not only the family, as I said, it's even in penal code. For example, they, the, the having, having or having a girlfriend or boyfriend, now it's not a crime anymore. They change that law. They change also for uh, drinking alcohol, for example, it's not a crime anymore. They are changing. But as uh, Judge Phillips said, it will go slowly, but it will go forward. And Judge Phillips, uh, let me ask you this. With, after this meeting, do you feel confident in saying that more courts are, more countries are pushing for uh, equality for children in these family court systems throughout the world? I have to say that uh, I'm not terribly happy with the idea of equality. It's a term that can be bent uh, according to all kinds of ideologies. Um, what the child needs is the best resolution if the parents separate. And that depends uh, on the abilities and the availability of each parent. Uh, but there are some principles which I think, uh, if they're not already universal, they should be universal. And that is that the fact that parents separate should not affect the responsibilities that they have to their children. The responsibilities they have start really at conception. They have to make sure that all the child's needs are satisfied. They have to do it together, even if they were never married or they were married and they're now separated or divorced. Uh, and uh, that it may be the case, for example, that uh, one of the parties is in the armed forces and has to spend a lot of time away from home. That does not uh, in any way uh, remove that parent's responsibilities for the child. And it doesn't remove the responsibility of the parent with whom the child lives to make sure that there is good and and beneficial contact between the child and the other parent even that other parent even if that other parent is absent so we're talking about a, a paradigm shift uh, to responsibilities for children uh, and that is something which uh, i am trying to advance in in uh, in, in several countries where uh, i'm consulted uh, and my writing uh, uh, of articles and my lectures. Um, uh, and that, I think, uh, is going to be uh, beneficial for children all over the world because they will have a better chance of, a, uh, of developing in a normal, normative way, um, understanding the relationships between men and women, between mother and father, between uh, child and parent, uh, all that on the basis of parental responsibilities rather than uh, rights or custody or, or terms like that. Uh, I realize that I'm uh, a little bit ahead of the uh, flock uh, on that, uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I, we can see that it's being more and more accepted in more and more countries, and the United Arab Emirates are, are one of those. Uh, so so uh, I am optimistic. Um, we just need more people uh, to, to, uh, to understand uh, what's going on. 
uh, and uh, the Parental Alienation Study Group is dealing with a specific uh, type of uh, child uh, psychological abuse and neglect. Uh, but that has to be seen against the background of a system of laws which may in fact encourage a parent to think that after separation or divorce, only one parent uh, has all the powers and can exclude the other parent. That is uh, pernicious, that is bad, it's bad for children. Uh, and uh, if we change the way we look at parenting and the responsibilities of parenting, then I think fewer people will feel that it's okay for them to uh, separate the child from the other parent and cause alienation. So, so the, the whole, all the ideas here fit together uh, in, in a way which will, we hope, reduce and eventually wipe out parental alienation and lead to a better life for children. Okay. Uh, Professor Burnett, would you like to close this out? Uh, hearing how, how the advancement is happening in other countries, do you feel the United States is moving slower uh, but at a steady pace towards shared parenting as a norm? You know, I think it's hard to really keep score um, in that way among the countries. I, I think that all over in many countries, there are these little advances, maybe a little step at a time, both both in legal areas, but also in scholarship and in, in research that's done and in teaching and in training of mental health and legal professionals. There seem to be little steps taking place in many, many different countries. And so I think that's optimistic, but we, we still have a road to go and uh, we still have work to do. Okay. Gentlemen, I thank you for joining us. CF Digital is rooted in the contemporary family magazine mission to preserve family ties, whether parents are estranged, children are alienated, or otherwise impacted by their societal trauma. In each episode of CF Digital, we deliver a candid, down-to-earth, and supportive interviewing style that is both educational and enjoyable. In this way, you will more easily learn the history and vital skills necessary for you to become more effective practitioners, child advocates, and parents.